You're listening to the CXMH Podcast. CXMH is a podcast at the intersection of faith and mental health. Hey, welcome back to the show. My name is Robert Bohr, and I am one of your hosts. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Dr. Holly Oxhandler. Holly, how are you today? Hello, Robert. I am doing great. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited for this special holiday episode. Yeah, me too. I don't know a little bit of a... anything holiday, <laughs> holiday-ish about it, but... Well, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit of a, a break from our normal routine for our episodes. So, yeah. So yeah. I think it'll be good. Yeah. yeah. So our, uh, our listeners get to just spend some time with you and me, you know, some quality family time for the holidays. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And building off of last week's episode, we can get a, a blanket and some hot cocoa and just, you know, just hang out. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're listening while driving, in which case... Yeah, please don't do that. Uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> keep your eyes on the road. Yes, yes. That's awesome. Well, Holly, we have yes. come to the end of the first half of season three. We were just yeah. talking about how we kind of ended up counting these over the years, and essentially it's kind of worked out like school years, which we started the, the first episode of the show ever came out in January, so that one was kind of just a, a half season. But mm-hmm. it is the end of the first half of season three. Yeah. Which is the season that obviously, you know, if you've been listening for a bit, you know, that's when Holly joined as co-host. So how how are you feeling so far about uh, season three? (laughs) Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I know I started off the beginning of the season mentioning just how honored I am to join you in this podcast and, um, and to get to, to serve the podcast, knowing how much you've done to build it, to be what it is today. But you know, it really is. This has just been so much fun. I mean, I I had a little bit of an idea what it would be like um, having done, a you know, a few episodes and, and some other interviews on other podcasts. But yeah. to be flipped on this side of it, you know, thinking about who we we're going to be inviting on to the um, to do these interviews and getting like I mentioned in the beginning, like that front seat to be able to just listen and learn. And yeah. Um, yeah, it has just, I mean, I have loved this. This has been a blast to well, to get to, yeah, to um, partner with you in this. Yeah. So. so you're yeah. coming back for the second half of season three, I assume? I mean, if that's okay with you. It, we'll take a poll. No, yes, of course. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> of I, don't, course. I mean, you might be okay. Well, I don't know. Hopefully our listeners are as well. But yeah. 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 So let me ask you this. So the uh-huh. in. September 3rd was the episode kind of where we introduced you and so we kind of kicked things off and since then we've had it looks like 14 if I can math correctly or this will be 14 episodes since then Uh, all of them having a guest except well I guess the the first one after that was uh, the I was the guest which maybe doesn't count but so are you kidding stop it it does count well let me just as quickly as I can, I'm going to do a quick refresher. We talked about how to find affordable counseling. We talked about nutrition. We talked about college students. We talked about preaching on mental health. Uh, we talked with Felina about pilgrimage of a soul. We talked about online advocacy and self-care. We talked with Steve Austin and just mostly laughed on that episode. Yep. <laughs> we talked about sexual abuse by faith leaders, CBT for Christians, centering prayer, why we need better sleep, religious coping skills, 
and we went a little further Ooh. into the Enneagram. Man, this has been, man, this has been a good, I mean, I would say that it's been a good season or a good first half of the season. Yeah. We covered a lot of ground in these last few months. Yeah. So what was the episode that you maybe learned the most from or... I don't want to say favorite because we don't want to insult anyone, but uh, which ones kind of stick out in your mind? Yeah. So, man. So I think um, the one that I learned the most from was Dr. Gary Glass's episode. Mm. I think that there were some um, little, just some bits of information, um, especially in my role, you know, as a professor and um, as associate dean for research and faculty development, and just very much in, you know, um, in the academy. I I loved what he talked about college and university students and their needs, but but also how you know higher education in general is set up um, to support some things and and maybe not support other things, and um, just kind of how do we navigate that? So I loved yeah. that one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah that that one I I would say I learned the most from. Um, yeah. yeah. So and then certainly you know I I loved both of our episodes with Felina. I learned a lot in terms of our own personal spiritual growth and some of the work that we have to do. As we go out and serve others, how important it is that we do our own inner work? Um, and I would say in terms of the episode that I learned, oh, my gosh, how much I could belly laugh was definitely <laughs> the one <laughs> was the one with Steve. Um, I that I loved laughing that hard all the way through that episode with you both and just trying to reel you two in. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So anyways, I, I feel, I mean, that's like a third of the episodes, but you know, it's fine. Um, <laughs> what about you? What, which one or few or whatever did you feel like you learned the most from? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, I'm quick clarify. We learn a lot from all of them. So yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, uh, but and I, do... I will say, oh, sorry. Nope. Well, I would say too, I've gone back through and I've literally listened to every single one of these. And I was telling someone earlier today that um, as I go back through and listen to them, it's like I'm I'm hearing things all over again. Um, just, you know, kind of shifting that role and just being a listener instead of being in the interview seat. It really yeah. helps to think about it differently. So that's been a lot of fun to get to go back through and listen to each of these. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. sorry. No, you're Your good. Uh, I think that in terms of what kind of sticks out to me, I I was going to say Dr. Gary Glasses as well, just in terms mm-hmm. of I, I have a, a huge heart for college students. You know, listeners probably know that I worked with college students for a long time. My wife works with college students, and um, that's the, kind of the age range, adolescents, young adults, youth, you know, that uh, I, I work with primarily or have a, a big heart for. And so I think that one was great. I've referenced that one a bunch in trainings mm-hmm. and things that I've done in terms of his seven problematic paradigms that he was pointing to. Um, mm-hmm. And so I've, I've referenced that one a bunch. I was really excited about that one before we before we had it anyway. And so that one definitely sticks out to me, I think, in terms of maybe practical like day-to-day knowledge or whatever. I think you know, Michael Scullin's on sleep mm-hmm. was really good in, in terms uh-huh. of how important that is. And, you know, obviously we had we had Dr. Korn talking about how food impacts us. And so both of those, I think, are very practical in the sense of, you know, how are we setting ourselves up for success or not? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how how does the the how does everything to do with our body and how we're taking care of it? How, do, how does all of that wrap into mental health and spiritual health yeah. and emotional health and you know all those things because 
we've kind of drawn these weird barriers in between some of those and said, well, that's physical health and that's mental health. And and honestly, I think you would probably agree with this, but the, the more that we learn about humans and how they work in general, the more we see, well, that's all, they're all very much related. Um, yeah. very inter- interconnected. And so yep. both of those, I think we're good in terms of some really practical tips and just day-to-day things that were helpful to, to my life, whether I'm very good at them or not. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Those were, they were very helpful as well. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot with the question oh, that's man. not on our, the thing I texted you. Oh. What is something <laughs> that you think we could have done better at this season? Not that we did poorly, you know, but in terms of, hey, next season is coming up, obviously, you know, it's coming down pretty, pretty quickly, although hopefully not too quickly. We've got some time for ourselves over the holidays and whatnot. But in terms of moving forwards in the second half, what are some things that you think I would really like to see this maybe improve or, or be a little bit different or things like that? Yeah, no, that's really good. I think, oh, man. I would say that, well, one, I will say that, you know, I, I certainly want to hear more about what listeners are interested in. I think that's one piece that moving forward of what we could do different. I would love to hear more about what listeners are interested in and um, if they have suggestions or recommendations, or maybe if we can find ways to, you know, create space for, for them to give um, input on the things that we ask our guests, I I would certainly be open to that. The other thing is, I I love that we heard from a number of folks who are doing research in different areas. And I I do, I mean, my heart is so tied to research, but I would love to hear um, probably from some folks too, who, you know, maybe it just has some more diverse experiences and uh, perspectives um, on this area of faith and mental health. And so I think diversity is something that I would like to see infused a bit more in in our episodes moving forward yeah so yeah yeah what about you you? well and that was that was gonna be one of mine because you and I have talked about that some in terms of making sure that we're getting a variety of perspectives and viewpoints and uh, yes I think we've probably already had this conversation at least Mm -hmm. once in terms of it didn't it didn't shake out that way this season um that's and there's there's a lot of factors in that. Obviously, both of these fields are are the bigger names tend to be you know a particular type of person based on the way that those things work and the the cultures and things like that. But that being more intentional about making sure that we go outside of that. Yeah, well, I just I really value that, especially from my social work perspective and lens. And I know, yeah, we've both talked about this. I just think that 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 would be just having more diversity in terms of experiences and perspectives and ideas um, and and just seeing how, you know, faith and mental health, uh, how these intersect in different ways for different people. So, yeah. Mm, Yeah. No, that's good. And the uh, the first one you mentioned, I definitely agree with as well in terms of hearing more from listeners and what, what they're yeah. looking for, what would be helpful for them. So, you know, if you're listening, tweet at us or send us an email or fill out the form on the website. Yes. All, all of those good ways. There's You and I have actually talked about a couple of ideas in terms of how to make uh-huh. both that and getting, you know, maybe some specific questions for guests ahead of time. Yes. how to make both of those things possible. And so we're ironing out some of the kinks in, in that or, or figuring out how 
some of that is possible in like a very realistic practical sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that'll be good moving forward because we've we've we have a couple thoughts anyway. We have to you know figure out the yeah yeah the, details, the feasibility but... and the details. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I do think that's pretty important because it is easy to get in your particular mode or lane, right? So you even said you you your heart is so much for research that yes. you have a lot of researchers yeah. and things. And and you know if you're a youth pastor listening or or uh, you know just somebody who's interested in the topics, you might say, well, I'm gonna skip over this part, or, you know. And that's not what we want. We want to make sure that there's a pretty well-rounded. Obviously, research is important because it informs the way that we function in the world the way that we understand how people work but obviously Mm -hmm. we want very boots on the ground practical things as well um, yeah that that flows out of that and so yeah yeah absolutely no I totally agree with that well good um is there anything else that you think in terms of moving forward or you think those two maybe will a primary I think those are probably my two biggest my two biggest things, I think, mm-hmm. when I, because I've been thinking a lot about, because we've started to kind of make some lists and think through mm-hmm. who we're scheduling for January. And I think those are ones that have been sticking in my mind, just mm-hmm. looking at those and thinking, who is it that we want to make sure we, we book first or that we talk to or that we record? I think, I think those are the two things that come to mind most often are, is yeah. this, is this practically helpful and things that people are wanting to hear about? And are we getting more than just one one view of right. mental health well, or and of God? Well, and the topics, of... and the variety of topics too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Well, what about? I'm gonna kick a question your way. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna take one of your questions from before. You're good. They're, so they're both our questions now. Well, oh, that's that's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> what about? I want to hear about like just this last year. So just in general, like, is there yeah. Is there a favorite book that you um, have read this last year, a favorite movie or like what are some of your favorites? Just realizing that we're kind of wrapping up 2018. Like what are what are some favorites that you've had? Yeah. Over this last year? Yeah. Um, that's a great question that I <laughs> should already have an answer to, given that I typed it in the thing. Uh, well, I think it. I, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on how we're defining favorite, which is a that's. I'm that's I'm not using it as a cop out, but I think in terms of books, right? The one that came to mind first when I'm thinking about that I really enjoyed and found very like I I wanted to keep reading it, and because sometimes you know sometimes you don't want to keep reading a book, but you kind of chug right. away anyway. There, I read a book called The Teenage Brain by mm, Dr. Mm-hmm. Francis Jensen, and it has informed a lot of the trainings that I do in terms of understanding adolescence and it's about adolescence as, as a whole um not mm-hmm. just teenagers because adolescence the the age range for adolescence is is growing on both ends and that's right. a topic for another day perhaps but yes. um just understanding kind of how the brain develops and the the order in which it develops I think is is super helpful to me um thinking about the way that I interact with clients that are in the adolescence or young adults range thinking about mm-hmm. uh, talking to youth pastors or college ministers or anyone who really who who interacts with that age range um, is really helpful because I think there's some there's some really practical things when you look at like neurologically the way the brain develops that mm-hmm. is very practical for how, how do we interact with teenagers and adolescents on a day-to-day basis and how do we understand what they're going through and maybe have a little bit more understanding and empathy for instead of you know 
gosh, you're you're being so emotional or whatever, right? If you understand, well, the emotion center of the brain develops long before the executive function. So like, yeah, they can't, you know, you can't maybe control that as well as, so I think things like that are, are helpful. So I think that one yeah. has come up the most in terms of thinking back and thinking, yeah, that makes sense. Or, hey, I'm going to, I'm going to inform my trainings with this. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, you that's know, you know not like a fun book per se, I guess, but it's, you know, I, I liked it. I thought it was fun. That's good. Well, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, good. What Do you, you have a fun book that you like? Um, I mean, actually, I mean, I think we should go both categories. Like what's a okay. fun book and yeah. what was it? Yeah. Fair. I actually, this is one of my goals that I've been thinking about for heading into 2019. Actually, this, this time kind of away from everything uh-huh. and then 2019 is to read more fiction books, right? Because I actually really love fiction books and mm-hmm. Since starting grad school back in 2016, the time mm-hmm. the time for that kind of falls by the wayside, right? Any any free time that you have, you think, well, I need to be reading these books or mm-hmm. writing, and so I know. And even coming out of that, I think I have a and this is probably a, a you know leading into maybe how we rest and things like that. But yes. I think when I have a few moments that I can sit and read, which I, you know, with gray, that's not as, as much as it yes. used to be, but I still feel this drive of like, Oh, well I should be like learning something with this time. I should read something mm-hmm. faith related or mental health related or something that's going to make me a better counselor or read something uh, that would be interesting for the show or something like that. And so I haven't gotten back into the habit of reading fiction books whatsoever honestly. Um, and that, mm-hmm. and there's a big oh. stack of them that I have that I think, oh, I'm going to read these. Um, and so mm-hmm. I think one of my goals maybe for, for 2019 is to try and get back into that, to say, hey, you know what? You need some time. What you can't learn constantly, that's not realistic yeah. for your brain. And so if you can spend some time reading other things that are refilling or that are entertaining, that that's mm-hmm. just as important, that's just as useful to you as, you know, trying to read a mental health book consistently. Yeah, no, I totally, totally agree and totally understand. And and I think you're you're wise in linking it into. We'll talk about some self care stuff in a little bit, but um, but you do, you know, this for me too is a a great way for practicing that. Yeah. So yeah, that's good. What about you, book wise? Yeah, so I think so. I would say that my my favorite book that ugh, I don't know. So, so, okay. So I know that I've talked on the show about how I've stepped into this role as associate dean for research. And so I've been really growing into and learning a lot about leadership in a new way from what I had um, learned prior to stepping into this role. Um, But I, so I just finished reading Brene Brown's new book, Dare to Lead. And I think that would probably be my favorite book that's like, kind of more closely tied to work and the, and, and the things that I do in terms of, yeah, in terms of the things I do at work. So that would be my favorite for that. Um, I just think that there's just, there's so much that we need to do and need to be thinking about in terms of how we lead and how we lead from a place of um, groundedness and courage and integrity. Um, and her, her book did a really good job kind of walking through that. Um, and I was hmm. fortunate enough to to get to read it alongside some colleagues, um, some of our staff and faculty. And so it was, it was really neat as a, as a school to get to wrestle with some of what she wrote about in the book together as a team. So I, I loved that. 
as far as like more, well, I don't know. I don't, sometimes I don't really see much of a, t <laughs> a difference. I mean, yeah, I get the fiction versus nonfiction, but I just feel like for me, it, it all fits together between like self-help and fun and, and work. And sometimes that yeah. can be great. And sometimes that's not so great. Yeah. But, um, but one of the, one of the books that I actually taught from last spring was um, Henry Nowen's Making All Things New, An Invitation to the Spiritual Life. And we read that uh, along with Richard Rohr's Everything Belongs, The Gift of Contemplative Prayer. And that was for my spirituality and social work class. And I really loved reading those books. Um, I'd read Rohr's book before, but I hadn't read Nowen's. And so it was really neat to get to read it alongside with my students and to think about that within the context of social work and um, our clients, uh, spiritual life and their journey and, um, and, you know, just how we walk alongside that ethically um, with them. So the, I really loved that one. And then I'm going to sneak in a third, but I just realized that it was, it was actually last January that I started reading Pilgrimage of a Soul and that book just, it just wrecked me when I read it. Um, and I, I almost, <laughs> when I asked you, I almost prefaced it with, you can't include anything by Felina. <laughs> Well, I'm sorry. You nope, didn't I didn't know. Yep, you're good. You're within the <laughs> no, I rules got fair that ground. Don't exist. That's right. That's right. Um, no, but seriously, I read that last January, and um, and it it totally just cracked me open, and I learned so much about myself, honestly, in a new way that um, in 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 my role as I guess as a woman and as a, a Enneagram two and um, as an academic and yeah, it just, and as someone who wants to serve and, and do for others, you know, just paying attention to making sure that it is out of the space of genuine, you know, um, of genuineness and not imposing my brokenness. So it just, it wrecked me and woke me up and I wish everybody would read it. So anyways, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it was, so I would say those, I, I snuck in a third, but those were my favorites for this last year. Yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about the holiday season. Yeah. Obviously, it's already the holiday season, but the next month or so, maybe mm -hmm. half a month, right, are simultaneously great for a lot of people and, and awful for a lot of people. And most people fall yeah. probably somewhere in between, right? I think about mm -hmm. the song about it's the half happiest time of the year. And every time I hear that song, I think, well, that's... I mean, I don't, I, I, yeah. I do feel like, and I know I talked about how I, I like the holidays because it's kind of cheery and festive, but I do think maybe that's an unfair, um, it's one of those things where s since everybody kind of assumes that it's the happiest time of the year for everyone, then when it's not, yeah. I think everybody kind of by default feels worse. Like, well, I'm supposed to be happy. And, mm -hmm. you know, we're obviously both you and I are in this space where if you, if you say, you know, supposed to, or should, or have to, yeah. right, I'm going to kind of point to those and say, well, what, where does that come from? But right. if, if you're in the space where you say this time of year is not, I'm not cruising through it. I'm not thinking this mm. is great, right? There's tons of family around, which can be very stressful mm -hmm. or there's not family around, which can be very, very hard. Right? Lonely. Grieving yeah. that the loss of of family members either by passing or by uh, the the break of relationships or any number of things right or just that those mm -hmm. relationships haven't formed yet if you're mm -hmm. in a space where you really want more so holly the social hmm. worker what yes. would you say if i came in to to your you know your office and i said here's here's what i'm experiencing the Chris, christmas 
the whole, whole holiday season sucks for me, and this is this is why. Uh, and it feels like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm the only one. Mm, well, there are a lot of questions that I would ask before, certainly before, just you know, um, offering advice just to better understand yeah. the context yeah. and obviously, yeah. So, I think, you know, I think in the same way, kind of looping back to. Um, Dr. Pierce's episode and thinking about cognitive behavioral therapy, I almost would want to start, you know, uh, assessing some of those thoughts and thinking about how realistic they are and trying to identify some behaviors that might um, help during this season. And, and in identifying those behaviors, you know, asking, asking you, you know, like, if this is a hard time, first of all, I see you and I know this is hard. And, and and i and i am sure that you know each of us have been in in similar seasons or i at least can connect with you on some level in terms of empathy um to walk alongside you with those feelings of loneliness or grief or or pain um even if i haven't gone through exactly what it is that you're going through um and then i would start asking you know what are some things that bring you joy and what are some things or that used to bring you joy um and then to develop some types of plan uh some plans that would begin to integrate those into your day-to-day life moving forward especially during this difficult season um recognizing that some of those may be difficult it may be really hard to find the energy to get out of bed and go do things that you may at one point used to love to do but um or you might have some fears that are wrapped up with uh with those behaviors that are preventing you from doing them or or whatever those barriers could potentially be yeah but that's what I would say, at least for for that. And then you also mentioned the piece on like family and broken relationships, which I think takes a different set of skills. And for for that, I would I would encourage you to, you know, certainly be thinking about appropriate boundaries and being really intentional in those boundaries. And um, because I, I also know that this time of year can be hard with family relationships that are, are difficult and you you know, you can only give so much of yourself and giving yourself that permission to say, I can only give so much. I can only do so much. What is it that I'm okay with giving? And then knowing when to stop and recognizing that boundary so that, um, you know, you're not, you're not letting others push past your boundaries or, or whatever it is that, that may be causing that kind of friction between your relationship with your loved ones. So, Yeah. I don't know. What about you in your counselor hat? What would yeah. what would you say? Yeah, no, I mean, I think a lot of what you said there is good. I think one of my go-tos is challenging kind of these uh, kind of assumptions, right? So I should be mm. this, I should, or, you know, I'm supposed, I'm supposed to be happy because it's the holidays, right? And kind of challenging, yeah. okay, what is, where does that belief come from? Do you, do you actually agree with that? If we can evaluate that belief, is that realistic? Is that within your control, right? So I'm supposed mm-hmm. to have a... I'm supposed to have a, a, a happy family that all opens presents on one day. Well, okay, is that in your control? Is that is that healthy for you and your environment? And right, you know, kind of challenging some of those. They are, I mean, they they kind of, they can fall in these the the realm of cognitive distortions that you were talking about um, from kind of that CBT mm-hmm. perspective, but also from kind of a narrative perspective. You know, what expectations mm-hmm. and pressures and and value systems have been just given to you as here's the script that you carry with you. And can we step back from that and 
say maybe that's not the way that the world actually functions by default. Maybe that's just what you've been given. You know, like mm-hmm. hey, you should mm-hmm. always do this, or all the all the every TV commercial has people opening presents and laughing and smiling and you know and and saying is that is that really everybody's reality? Because if you feel like you're the mm. only one, then you know is that is that actually the case? Because I think it's so easy to see the negatives and the the gaps in our own life and in our own uh, abilities and our own circumstances and assume that those aren't the case for everybody else right because especially yeah. in the the social media era we live in I was and, yes you know, I was going to say the same thing when you when you're seeing everybody highlight real all right, the time right yeah. Yeah. yeah and so trying to trying to evaluate some of those that you're assuming right and but I do think there is something to be said for and you said it too but just holding space of hey there's there's tension here there's grief here there's yeah. loss here there's all of that and that is okay to be there right it doesn't it's mm-hmm. not it doesn't have to be the happiest time it doesn't have yeah. to be all slow-mo christmas paper wrapping christmas mm-hmm. wrapping wrapping paper whatever, yeah. uh, <laughs> opening you know it, it's that that's okay yeah. to hurt and and to to need that space to grieve people or relationships or circumstances mm-hmm. that aren't the case or whatever it is mm-hmm and yeah, I think, absolutely. you know, in, in 2018 particularly, I think I'm much more aware of the, the trauma that everybody is experiencing consistently. And mm-hmm. I mean that in terms of like secondary trauma, right, of I'm mm-hmm. always seeing terrible things on my phone. I get a push notification once an hour with just terrible mm-hmm. things and um, things mm-hmm. like that. And so there is, I think, kind of this tension of well, I'm supposed to, uh, or how do we maintain, and maybe this is back a question to you, how do we maintain some sense of hope and joy in a time that yeah. is hopeful and joyful per se, you know, uh, Yeah. but also looking around and saying, well, all these things are happening. How is it fair of me to, to sit at home and have hot chocolate and be under a blanket? You know, shouldn't I yeah. be doing, I, I, got, I have to do something. I have to help, right? In a time of so much pain. Well, that's such a, I, I, I totally agree with that. That's such a really good point. Um, and I do think we do need to find a way to be able to balance that. I saw earlier today that um, Nadia Boltz Weber or Weber um, had posted something that said, do not be daunted by the magnitude of the world's grief. Act justly now, love mercy now, walk humbly now. You are not obligated to complete the work, but neither are you free to abandon it. And I Hmm. think that that, there's something about just being reminded to be in the present moment and to continually be assessing what is mine to do in terms of helping to heal the world and situations. Um, I think that's really important. But I also recognize that, you know, something that I've said, I've said before, um, that I think is really important is that we can't give to others what we don't give to ourselves. And so, you know, as we think about, you know, not, you know, we, we certainly want to be attentive to the pain and the suffering that is going around us, but we also have to find ways. We really do have to find ways to be able to fill up our well. 
So, um, so what, I, what I've said before in the past is we can't give to others what we don't reflect upon and offer to ourselves, whether it's rest, presence, trust, kindness, empathy, joy, gentleness, peace, or love, we cannot draw water from an empty well. And mm. so I think it really is important for us to find ways to, to fill up our well so that, you know, we, we are destroyed by the pain and suffering. I mean, we absolutely should be impacted by it and affected by it and driven to want to make things different and better for those around us. But we, you know, we certainly, we just have to find that balance. Um, but we can't give if, if, if we're constantly operating out of a place of just pure rage and anger and grief. And, you know, at some point that pain is going to, come out in other ways. I know Richard Rohr uses a quote that says that if we don't heal our pain, we will inevitably transmit it. Mm. And so again, so I really think that there is that balance. Yeah. in trying to, to navigate that, especially during a time of year where there are a lot of reminders of yes, the good, but then certainly the pain. And so how do we hold that tension between the two and um, be able to hold it all all together, you know, and yeah. every, not just the two, but everything in between, but, and, and to be able to hold it all together. Hmm. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So, but I think to charge me $85. <laughs> I mean, if you want to pay $85, I'll take it, but no, I'm just kidding. I'm mm-hmm. kidding. I'll no, know you. No, 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 no. Stop. No, no, no. No. I'll send you a CXMH I... sticker. <laughs> I'll take that. I'll totally take that. Anyways, no, I just, I mean, I just know that this is the work that I think we all have to do in different ways. And, and I think it's echoed throughout a lot of these episodes that we had this first half of the season. Um, but you know, especially this time of year, especially with the holidays, I do think that self-care it's critical and it's really important um, for us to be mindful of. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's awesome. So, why, why doesn't that? I'll, I'm going to take that then and lead that into like, what, how do you practice self care? What does that look like for you around the holiday season? Yeah, that is a great question because I don't know that I have a good answer for it. I think I'm in this space that probably a lot of us are where we recognize the importance of things like self care, but that that doesn't necessarily translate into a really great practice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the way that I like to, I guess, conceptualize self-care, because it can, it, it has become maybe kind of this buzzwordy thing where we think, yeah. well, you're supposed to take bubble baths or, you know, kind of treat yourself in like a Parks and Rec style, right? And I think yeah. for me, it, it, it much more, it, it's helpful for me to think of it as like, what are the things you need to do kind of daily that keep you healthy, that keep you at, you know, a functioning Mm -hmm. level, that keep you at a a space where you can love the people around you well, where you can do the things that you're, that you, that you feel called to do that you need to do Uh well, right? And so I think my, my, my ideas of self-care are often maybe even like maybe smaller than big bubble baths or shopping mm-hmm. sprees or, you know, whatever, because those maybe aren't yeah. even ref- re- refilling for me. So I think uh, an example I give a lot, and I don't, I might've said it on the show before, I don't know, but I I drive a lot in between places. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I remember back when I was in grad school, I, I was teaching full time and then I would go to grad school for evening classes. And so I was 
getting into podcasts right around the time where this podcast launched. And so uh-huh. uh, I always thought, well, I'm sitting in the car in Atlanta traffic and there's nothing to do because it's terrible and Atlanta is the worst. Um, it's not, <laughs> Atlanta is awesome, but yeah, the, it's, yes, uh, yeah. the traffic. Yeah. And so I think, well, I, I should be using this time productively. I should be trying to learn something, right? It's kind of just a waste of time. And so I would always try to put on something that was uh, I could learn from a, a mental health podcast or a faith podcast or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, it, whenever I got to where I was going, I either would have zoned out so many times and thought, well, that was dumb uh, and then felt bad for missing it or you know, my brain was just still on from that whole time. And so then it was, I was just exhausted. And so I switched yeah. to, at some point I thought, well, I'm going to listen to like comedy podcasts instead, right? Something where it's, mm-hmm. and it, and instead of thinking this is a, a waste of time thinking, look, you need some time to refill and refuel and your brain can like turn off a little bit mm-hmm. and you can laugh and, and that's okay. You know, you can't constantly, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. like we were talking about with the books, right? You can't constantly yeah. be learning or, you know, right. Um, and so I think small things like that, are helpful to me now that's uh, you you asked in the context of kind of over the next coming weeks and i think even though i type it i I typed it as like a thing we should talk about i actually haven't sat down and thought what are the things that i'm going to to do and be intentional about which maybe is even a a good reminder of we Mm. we kind of assume like yeah i'll i'll kind of do it along the way but that almost never is the way that we function, right? We just kind of go along moment by moment. So maybe it is I need to, you know, kind of sit down and think, what are the things I'm going to do over the next few weeks when we're not doing the show? I'm not, I mean, I'm seeing clients some, but definitely not in a a couple weeks there. And, you know, there's not Brooke's home all the time because her ministry stuff will be off for a bit and Gray will be home. And what are the things Mm -hmm. that I need to make sure intentionally that I do? Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't done that yet. I don't, that's a good mm. question because I don't think I have like a go-to default because that that space of resting and easing off isn't our isn't the normal space of yeah. how we exist and so knowing what to do with that I think is always kind of a challenge. So yeah. you know when we come back uh, you can you can I'll say how how did it go yeah yes. what, did you, what did you end up doing totally but awesome. here yeah. I'm gonna get some maybe I'll get some ideas what do yeah. what about you what do you do <laughs> give me well, I'm gonna take notes. No, 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 no. Um, well, I will say, I'll first say that I was very lucky in my master's program to take a class that was literally called professional self-care. And it was a full 15-week semester course on um, advocating and, 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 you know, teaching students, social work students, like, how do you take care of yourselves? And just emphasizing that importance of this. So it's not just kind of like what you were saying, that it's one of those things like, yeah, 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 that's important. But like, there's, but there's nothing really done. I mean, this class really gave me that, you know, that emphasis of how important it is. And so, um, so many semesters I have created like a self-care plan, which speaks to what you were saying about that intentionality and need to be intentional. And I would list different self-care tools basically that I could pull from that would be, you know, some in the moment strategies that would help if my, if I started feeling anxious, I could take, do some deep breathing exercises or, you know, some more sustainability um, type practices such as, you know, working out, which for me, it helps me to kind of stay focused or centering prayer or something like that. Um, And then I would kind of evaluate the different um, self-care 
strategies or tools that I would use over the, the time just to, to be able, and I guess, again, that's probably my researcher hat, <laughs> wanting to evaluate my self-care tools, right? Um, but seriously, it would help me to be like, hey, this is something I thought would work, but it really didn't work. It didn't help me very much. Um, you know, a lot of folks will think sometimes like, oh, a Netflix, you know, watching Netflix all day you know, is self-care. But if you don't feel better after engaging in that practice, if it, if it just, you know, if it feels like you just binged all day and you don't feel better or refilled or, um, then it's not really, it's not really self-care. So, um, so for me, I really try to always be thinking, especially like this time of year, I, I want to be making sure that I'm thinking about myself in the same way that I would be thinking about a client from a biopsychosocial spiritual perspective, ensuring that they're taking care of themselves in each of these different areas of their lives. You know, I need to be thinking about that too. Like, how am I taking care of my body? How am I taking care of my mind? How am I taking care of my friendships and relationships? And then how am I taking care of, you know, my spiritual life and self? Yeah. And, I engage in a lot of like non-judgmental self-observation so that, you know, if I'm not, if I'm not feeling good, I don't, I'd really try. I mean, I don't do it perfectly, but I try to not beat myself up if it's like, you know, dang it, I didn't, I didn't, you know, practice centering prayer today, or I didn't do yoga or, you know, I didn't play with the the kids today. And now I just feel you know, I don't feel as good. Instead, I just try to say, okay, well, that's what happened today. Let's just try better tomorrow. Hmm. And because that beating yourself up is not going to help at all in the end. Yeah. Um, so, but I really do try to have, you know, as much as possible, like a toolbox of things. So over the Christmas holidays, one of the things I've learned is I really, again, speaking to what you were saying about being intentional in the same way that I create like a, a to-do list of things to do for work or, you know, we have a list for groceries or we have a list of things that need to be done around the house. I'm trying to grow and having like a, like a self-care list of like, and on this day, I'm going to paint my nails with Callie. And, you know, cause that's something that makes me feel good as a yeah, mom and yeah. being able to do that with her or whatever journaling or, or reading. But usually over the holidays, you know, I will, turn my email off completely. I put up my out of office message. And so I don't feel any guilt for not responding to people. Um, and that has helped a ton. So having that up and engaging in more creativity. So I paint and I try to do that more over the, the breaks, um, or drawing or, um, yeah. And then journaling is something that I do. I think we've, I don't know if we've talked about this on the episode or on like any of these episodes, like what we do to practice self-care in general. I'm starting to realize as I'm yeah. saying these. Yeah. Like, oh boy. Well, but each week on Sunday, I, I spend time practicing Sabbath and I journal and I reflect and reading is really important to me and reading like memoirs and other people's stories and seeing what works for them and connecting with the author through those books um, and especially books that are focused on slowing down. Um, so like Chasing Slow by Aaron Lochner is a good one and Present Over Perfect by Shauna Nequist is good. Um, so those are a couple of my favorites. But um, I really, you know, I just I really try as much as possible to be thinking about myself holistically. And this just going back to what you mentioned, even at the beginning of the episode, that, you know, everything that happens to one part of us affects the rest of us. And so if things aren't well in terms of 
you know, if I'm not drinking a lot of water, if I'm not sleeping well, like that's going to impact my moods and my emotions and, you know, my ability to practice centering prayer or whatever. And so I just need to be kind of paying attention to all of those as much as I possibly can. Yeah. Um, and I don't do it perfectly, but I, what I love about this holiday break is I feel like it gives me a chance to pull away from a lot of other responsibilities and to recenter and reground myself into taking care of myself. At mm-hmm. least for me, that's, that is what this season really allows. And hopefully for me to get that grounding and that rootedness so that moving forward, I have a little bit more, um, I have my, I have boundaries that are more firmly established and practices that are, that I'm finding are helpful and that I can carry into the the following year. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, yeah, that's, those are some things that I do. No, that's so good. I was just thinking about, since you said it, actually, I've been thinking about you, you were talking about, and it's a term that most people probably can be familiar with, but this biopsychosocial spiritual, right? That's a, 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 a method of kind of we do assessments when people come in, right? And you kind of do like a that you right. assess all the different parts. And I've never, I don't think, kind of overlaid that onto what it is that I need to do for myself in terms of caring. So, am yeah. I doing, am I doing something that is good for my body? Am I doing something that is good for my mind? Am I doing something that is good for my relationships? Am I doing something that is good for my spirit? Right? And I think that's actually really okay. helpful for me in terms of trying to think, cause otherwise it's like, I don't know, think of things that refill you in general. Right. Which is yeah. like, I mean, I don't know my, probably the default is I'm going to lay here and watch Netflix. Right. I mean, that, yes. you mentioned it cause yeah. that's so easy to do. And yeah. then all of a sudden seven hours have gone by and you've seen all of Brooklyn nine, nine, but now you're just, it's just dark outside. Right. And that's right. I think, and you don't normally feel better. Like right, at yeah. least for me, maybe for others, that's true. But when you, but I think self care is not the same as numbing out. Yeah. And if you're sitting there and just numbing out and I'm not saying you, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to pick. No, 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 you. you're good. <laughs> but like, but I'm just saying for anyone, if they're just sitting there like, oh, well, I'm just going to relax and they get their phone out and they scroll for three hours, but then they start beating themselves up. Like, I don't feel any better in this moment. And I, you know, and I just, three hours is gone and now I still have this to-do list. I mean, again, this goes back though to that non-judgmental observation where you say, huh, that's interesting that I did that. Well, I'm, you know, and then with a growth mindset, start to think, well, I'm going to just try a little bit better tomorrow or I'm going to put my phone down or turn it off for the rest of the day. And, you know, Hmm. I don't know, way easier said than done. Right. I know that. Yeah. But, yeah. But paying attention to the things that you're doing and seeing if they actually help you to feel better or not is critical with self-care. Yeah. 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 Hmm. That's good. Yeah. We've had, uh, we've had therapist, Holly. We've had professor, (laughs) Dr. Holly Oxhandler. We've had, um, just, you know, friend podcast co-host Holly. Yeah. What other... I don't know. Tell tell me to eat my veggies and we'll get like mom Holly in here. That'd be great. <laughs> no. Oh man. Well, Callie and Oliver hear enough of that. So That's I don't want to yeah. charge that to we'll, you. Uh, but... We'll have them on to, to, we'll do an interview. Oh gosh. No, that would, mm-mm. well, yeah, no. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, any, well, uh, yeah. Anything else? Uh... No, I mean, I'm just, I really, I will say that I I hope our listeners, just as they are transitioning to the season of the, like the holiday season ahead, um, just that, you know, 
and and recognizing that a lot of our listeners are helpers, especially in some way, shape, or form. I really do hope that you you pause the season, that you rest, that you find space to just you know take care of you and 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 to find ways as best you can to to wrap up 2018 and in recognizing that you know we do have a new year ahead and you know and we've got some great plans for the spring and I'm really excited about you know some of our our speakers and folks that we're going to be talking with and and how we're going to kick off the year is going to tie in beautifully with what we're talking about right here I think but but I just really hope that each of our listeners have a chance to just slow down, to be present, to not miss the season, um, and you know, to 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 just take good care of themselves. And I hope you same for you, Robert. Like I hope for the same for you that you have a chance to slow down and rest and enjoy this first Christmas with Gray. And yeah. um, it's just man, it's you know. Yeah, it's it's a gift this season. It can be. It can be hard too, um, but just do what you need for you. So yeah, it's good. If you want to connect with the show, you can find it on any whatever cxmhpodcast.com or on any social media at cxmhpodcast. If you want to connect with Holly, you can find her at hollyoxhandler.com or on Twitter at hollyoxhandler. You can connect with me if you want to at robert-vore.com or on any social media at Robert Vore. Uh, and you can uh, scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and look at all the ways that you can support CXMH. Uh, you can buy your friends a CXMH mug or t-shirt or sticker <laughs> for Christmas because yes. they would love it. It'd be great. if you <laughs> Look, if you need to drink hot chocolate and you think, mm-hmm. all I have are these cups and you don't have any mugs. Uh, it's a very <laughs> unique situation in life to be in, but look, we have this, the solution for you. Go buy a CXMH mug. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, Robert, I, I just so appreciate just this space for us to wrap up this year together. And, um, I am grateful for everything that we've, you know, that you've offered and we've been able to do together, uh, through this season. So thank you again for inviting me to be a part of this. Yeah, of course. Thanks to all our guests for this season. And thank you, as always, to our, our dear listeners who make the show possible. Because it's no, I mean, you and I could just talk on the phone for a while yeah, if we wanted. Yeah, no, that's but, true. You know, yep. We get to record it. So that's uh, right. thank you to everyone. And I hope you have a happy holidays. And we will see you in 2019. All right. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the CXMH podcast. Want to score some major brownie points? Leave us five stars and an honest review on iTunes. Follow us on social media at CXMH podcast and email us with questions, comments, and interview requests at CXMH podcast at gmail.com. 